especially in a very masculine world, that subdom situ- subdom situation can be so nourishing to your body. Like so fucking nourishing. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I am your host, Monica Yates, the period whisperer, a trauma healer, and an embodiment coach for both men and women. Well, obviously periods just for women. I am a double Sagittarius, a rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. I know it's a lot. I'm here for it. I help women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy and for men to feel ecstasy and intimacy. In these episodes, I love to talk about things that people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything that I know in this brain, body, and soul of mine. You can find all the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back. So let me just paint the picture for you. I've got a non-alcoholic martini. I have got the podcast set up. I'm looking at my sexy new orange velvet chair, and I have a perfect view outside of my apartment. So little life update because apparently you guys like the life update. So thank you for telling me that. And if you haven't told me whether you like it or not, please send me a DM on Instagram and tell me whether you like or whether you fucking hate my life updates. But I think I'm going to keep doing them because we're fucking nosy humans. We always want to know what people are doing, right? So like whatever. Okay. So as some of you might've seen or thousands of you saw from my Instagram story views, um, I had a raging party on Thursday night last Thursday, I had my housewarming party, first ever housewarming party, because even though I like moved into my apartment, uh, went to the apartment that I was in, in Sydney, um, it was like not my dream apartment or anything. And it was not decorated nicely or anything. So I wasn't going to have a housewarming, but here, obviously I have my dream fucking apartment like on steroids. So I had a raging house party. It was like better than I ever could have imagined. Um, it was like, like the the space, um, was like filled with people, but it wasn't like so crowded that you couldn't walk around. Um, of course everyone was like, Monica, trust you to have a room full of the hottest people. I swear to God. So many of my girlfriends were like, literally everywhere I look, it's just like, yep, we'd do him. We'd do him. We'd do him. Like anyway, everyone looked amazing. All the men were in suits. All the women were in dresses and gowns. It was a cocktail. Like the attire was cocktail. We had um, an amazing DJ that flew in from San Diego and we had this, my dining table was set up into like this insane charcuterie board situation thing. We had a bunch of different drinks. Sarah, my personal assistant was here running around, just killing it. She was like a crazy woman running around and cleaning dishes, picking shit up, like making sure no one was spilling everything, making sure everyone had a drink, organizing jelly, like making sure I wasn't getting too hammered. It was amazing. And actually, I didn't get very drunk. My Instagram stories looked like I was plastered, but um, I actually wasn't very drunk. Um, I was just really high off the energy and just so excited by it all. So in case you were like, Monica got white girl wasted. I actually wasn't that drunk, but um, I was actually just very tired the next day. I looked really hungover and like I'd you know, seen death, but um, I actually just was really, really tired because I didn't like fall asleep until 1.30 because I was having a bit of <clears throat> fun in the bedroom, let's just say. That left me with some good good marks the next day, which I love. And on that topic, we're talking about sex life. So I'm going to have a little podcast series with you guys. I don't know how many episodes are in sex life. I've already watched the whole series once before I'm doing this and then I'm re-watching it. Um, 
But basically every podcast episode is going to be about two, it'll be not about, it'll be two episodes of Sex Life. So Sex Life is a new show on um, Netflix. Um, So if you want to understand what I'm talking about these episodes, you need to watch Sex Life so you understand it. And the reason why I'm doing this is I just feel like there's, I feel like I could do this with like The Bachelorette and The Bachelor and all that kind of stuff. But often like, you know, if I'm talking about The American Bachelor, which I actually can't fucking stand. I can't watch that show. It's just so like fake. It's disgusting. Um, if I'm talking about the Australian bachelor, like Americans can't watch it. The UK can't watch it versus at least with Netflix, sex life, everyone can watch it. So if you haven't watched sex life, you need to, if you want to understand everything that I'm talking about and breaking down so you can start to understand patterns. The reason why I'm doing this for you guys is I want you to start to be able to see these patterns so you can start realizing where there is unhealthy patterns and wounding and behavior and trauma in your life so that you then are like, oh yeah, I want to work on this as well, if that makes sense. Anyway, so let me get over my notes. One second. Oh, there's the DJ. Okay, not replying to text messages right now. Okay, so this is episodes one and two that I'm talking about. This episode might be a bit shorter than the others only because um, these were like kind of intro episodes. They weren't they weren't as toxic yet and they get more and more toxic with the, with the behavior and the manipulation and gaslighting and everything like that. So, okay. So what I do want to say that I like seeing from this show firstly is they do a really good job showing the struggles that mothers can have postpartum, which is really, really important. I think it's so easy for us all to assume that like the men are the ones that have the affairs or these like fantasies and that aren't happy with their sex life and X, Y, and Z. But honestly, ladies, more often than not, my clients have a, like my female clients, I should say, have a higher sex drive than their partners. Now I also have male clients that have a higher sex drive than their partners, but from like a percentage basis, I would say 70% of women that I've come across have a higher sex drive than their partner. And I want to say this also, I want to add this bit. And in these episodes, I'm going to add a little bit of like education in there as well. Just, you know, when I'm like flowing, um, remember when it comes to sex, like men, if they've been doing all day and they're exhausted, they don't want to go and then do sex because they're the one in control, right? They're the one doing the effort, la la la. But if we've had a stressful day, we want to be fucked because being fucked and being like slammed is allowing our body to get into our feminine. So it can be very rejuvenating and actually relaxing to have sex for us. Whereas for a lot of men, if they've been stressed all day, the last thing they want to do is then go and have to fuck a woman in the bedroom because that's more work. It's more output. It's more energy output. And that's why men, like when they're really stressed, men will be like, no thanks to sex. Um, This is like, you know, generalization. But when women are stressed, often they can be like, yes to sex. Like when I'm stressed, I want sex more than when I'm not stressed. Because when I'm stressed, it's like my body's way of being like, I need to get fucked and then I'm put into my feminine. It's like, it's like you're literally forced into your feminine, which is like, oh, yummy. Um, So when I'm just like, like the the example I always use is like, you know, if I'm on holidays, I want to be made love to. And if I'm working, you know, an eight hour day, I want to be fucked, right? Because on holidays, I'm all like, ooh, and like, I'm not stressed and I'm in my feminine. So I want to make love. And then when I'm on a work day, I want to get fucked. I've been in my masculine or whatever, or I've been like running around like a headless chicken all day. Okay. So firstly, 
The mum is bored with mum life and doing the same fucking thing every day. We need change as humans, right? All humans get bored of doing the same shit every day, especially the feminine. The feminine needs uh, range and creativity and we need we need change, right? We thrive on on different places, on our senses want to be activated in different ways. We do not thrive in structure and doing the same shit every day. I've talked about this before of like, this is why women doing this strict morning routine, strict meal plans, blah, blah, blah. It will get to a point where they go, fuck this. And they throw it all up in the air and they go the opposite extreme where they have no discipline. And that's because the feminine does not thrive for very long being and the feminine being women that are feminine based, like that have a feminine core, they do not thrive for a long period of time being in this structure and routine, but men do, right? So this mom is really struggling of doing the same shit every day and it's so fucking bored. So naturally her brain's going to go elsewhere, right? And something else that you might've seen is like they kind of flash through like all these good moments of all this crazy sex. And they also flash through all the bad moments of how and how her nervous system was so jacked out um, by the time she met Connor. Is that his name? Connor? Whatever the husband is, right? I'm really bad with names. Whatever the husband is. So she's also remembering all of the good times over the bad times of these past lives. And that's what humans do. Like humans we remember the good times over the bad. Like if I reflect to last year of being in lockdown alone in London, I'm like, oh, it wasn't so bad. And then I'm like, bitch, it was horrendous. Like it was terrible, right? But we it's so we, we remember the good times over the bad times. This is why also women that get into narcissistic relationships, they find it so hard to get out because their brain remembers the good times over the bad times. Can you imagine if our brain easily remembered all of the bad times just as well or better than the good times. Man, we wouldn't do anything that caused us pain in the past. We would never fall in love. We would never date again. We would never move across the country if it was hard the first time or whatever, right? We would never go skiing again if we hurt ourselves the first time, like hurt ourselves once. So you also have to remember that we remember the good times over the bad times. And sometimes you really have to give yourself that reality check. And that can be really, really hard because you're fighting with biology. And whenever you're fighting with biology, it's like very, very challenging. And this is why like when I'm doing any of my programs or any of my, um, with any of my clients or any, you know, one-on-one stuff with my clients, when it comes to biology, I'm like, we can't fight this shit. We have to work with it. And I, I feel like so many people these days try and fight their biology instead of actually loving their biology and being like, oh, okay, it's just my biology. I'm going to work with it instead of against it because you will never win if you try and work against your biology. Just saying. Okay. Um, The other thing that we can pick up from episode one or two is that she is wanting, the the wife is wanting, what what was her name again? Bonnie? No, it's not Bonnie. It's the B. I can't remember. Um, She is wanting to be forced into her feminine, right? And out of that fucking mother archetype. So that's why she wants to be fucked. She wants to be fucked into the lover archetype. She wants to not feel like a fucking mum all the time. She wants to feel like she's desired. Women want to feel desired. Women want to feel cherished, right? And if women aren't feeling cherished and if women aren't feeling desired and wanted, then we will go elsewhere to get it, right? Just like if men aren't feeling respected, they will go fucking elsewhere and get it. Let me just um, find the names. Hold on. Billy. Okay. So we have Billy, who is the wife. We've got Mike. Okay. We've got, we have Cooper, who is the husband. 
And then we have Brad, who is the ex-boyfriend, okay, the sexy Australian. Gotta say, even though I'm Australian, I love Australian men. I feel like I love, I love the Australian men that are live in Australia, basically. Um, anyway, so Billy is wanting to be forced into her lover archetype and out of her mother archetype because she's exhausted by being a mum all the time. She wants to feel like her husband wants her, right? It's really hard for women to not feel wanted and desired and like ravished and like you are mine, right? When a woman is deeply in her feminine, that's what she craves. And let's also remember that, um, that, you know, when a mom, when a woman goes into motherhood, she will become more feminine and more empathetic and more warm because of their children most of the time. Right. Um, not like, oh, but there's plenty of moms that are absolutely fucking control freaks and so really in the masculine, I may not have them as clients. Right. And that, that obviously not control freaks by the end of it, but in the beginning, but she, you can tell that she was quite tapped into her feminine from the beginning because she was very, and it, there was definitely a bit of wounded feminine there as well not denying that. Um, but you could see that she was very sensual, very sexual, very tapped into her body, into her desires, very liberated, very free, um, very, um, body. Like she, you could tell that her energy was very in her body, which is very feminine, not denying there was some very wounded feminine in there as well. Um, Anyway, so next thing is that she became addicted to Brad, the boyfriend because she saw another side of him. So in episode, maybe one or two, I can't remember which one it was, and they're in the pool together. And, you know, she, um, she's in, well, they're in the car going to his place and um, she guesses his childhood and she gets it right. So then, of course, she feels special. And she says that in the pool when she's in a rating of, you know, she saw another side of him that no one else had seen. She feels special. He tells her, like no one's seen this side of me, blah, blah, blah. And what that's doing is it's allowing her to get addicted to this idea of I am seen, I am special, I am wanted. No other girl has seen this side of him. So therefore like I'm special, right? And that's just fucking screaming daddy issues because she's probably spent her whole life wanting to be seen and feel special by her dad. And now Adam gives him, gives her that. So of course she gets addicted to him, right? Um, quick break, just to remind you guys that I have my feminine as fuck bundle that is always open for you to get your little hot, hot little hands on and MMM level one. So the bundle is a range of a little bit of everything. It is more of a teaching style stuff than coaching there are some great workshops though that are more coaching where i'm giving you guys some healing tools uh, some healing work and some tools to be using um as well as some amazing amazing information about attachment styles but then also how to change your attachment style so that's the bundle and then mmm level one is a fantastic way to start learning about manifesting changing your mindset around money and having everything that you desire especially if you've been watching my stories or listening to me and you just want to be in my energy and you want to learn how to manifest like i've done and you like my no bullshit approach then you can also get mmm level one both of those things both of those courses are open all year round if you would kind of like to dip your toes in some of my work then of course she is with the, when we jump back into the motherhood and everything she's feeling lost with this new baby and she's having these flashbacks of let me go sit hold on 
she's having these flashbacks of, sorry, I dropped it on you, Jelly. She's having these flashbacks of her free, liberated young adult life. And then she's obviously coming back to this adulthood where she doesn't feel as free. She doesn't feel as liberated. She doesn't, she feels lost. She doesn't feel like she knows herself, right? She feels like she lost a part of herself. And the thing is, instead of her moving through and feeling the anger, feeling the sadness, feeling the heartbreak, feeling the despair, feeling all of those things, she is trying to go back in time where she felt quote unquote alive and she's not allowing herself to sit in this feeling. And the reality is you guys know if you, if you never allow yourself to feel something, you can't move through it. So with her going back in time, what she's telling her brain is back then was better and now is bad instead of her recalibrating her nervous system and her mind to be like, now is good. And how can I make now more fun? Okay. I need more fun. I need more lover archetype. How can I communicate that? How can I get that in my current life? She has split her life. She is saying that Connor, wait, is that his fucking, his fucking name? Cooper, sorry. She is, she is saying that Cooper, the husband, can't give her that and only Brad can give her that. So she's going back in time rather than communicating to Cooper what she wants so that she can then have that with him now. So she's obviously never been taught a healthy way to communicate this stuff. And it's very clear there is an element of shame that she feels around her sexual desires towards Cooper, right? So that then probably can, we can probably draw this into wounded feminine, even when she was partying, right? She obviously loved all of the like rough sex and everything. And there was probably an element of shame about enjoying that kind of sex. Otherwise she would have also spoken about that with Cooper, if that makes sense, right? If there's a, like and a lot of women like that kind of sex, right? Like I always say, if I don't look like I have, I've had sex the next day, it wasn't good sex. Now, obviously, like this, obviously, I've had good, amazing, fucking amazing sex, where I haven't looked like I've had sex the next day. When I say look like, I mean like hickeys, bruises, like slap marks, that kind of stuff. Um, so I always have the sex hair. I mean, I can't, I, I fucking have hair if I'm going outside on my fucking veranda with the wind. Like sex hair is a non negotiable for me. Anyway. Point being is a lot of women have sexual shame around wanting these quote unquote kinky subdom situations, you know, wanting to be slapped, wanting to be wanted, wanting to be fucked, like wanting to be thrown up against the wall fucked. And I know this ladies because every single round of Queen Alchemy, I ask a question and the answer is the answers are always generally the same. It is always about wanting the man to be more dominant, to be fucked, to be tied up, to be blindfolded, to be spanked, to, to try new things, to have threesomes, to, to, you know, use toys, to try anal, to do all these different things. And they're afraid of voicing it because they're afraid of how their boyfriend or their partner's going to look at them. And they're afraid of judgment. And I can tell you right fucking now, majority of men, good men, definitely do not judge you. They'd be like, uh, count me the fuck in. I've had men that are very like lovemaking men. And when I ask them what kind of sex they want or sex they like, they're like, you know, they like more lovemaking stuff, right? They're, they're more like, 
I wouldn't say they're softer because often these men are actually the most macho men that I've met, but they just like the more quote unquote intimate situations, right? Where it's like softer sex. And then I'll tell them what I like and they're like, oh, okay, I can still do that. And they'll do it and they don't have any shame around doing it. And they have that side of themselves. It's just a preference. They, they don't, they don't, they don't need to be like throwing a chick up against a wall to have great sex, right? For them, for those certain men, whereas other men do need that. And so what was I going to say? So majority of men, even if they, like, even if they, you know, don't need that kind of sex to have a lot of enjoyment, if you ask for that, they would a thousand percent give it to you. Like 1000%. I've been in so many situations where this even happened on Thursday night. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the guys were like drinking a lot, blah, blah, blah. And, um, my friend that I, that I slept with on Thursday night, he, you know, he's drinking a lot, right? So he's not, we're not, he's not going to like fuck me to the nines because he's not exactly sober. Um, anyway, but of course he was like, but I will do you for three hours. And I'm like, sweet. And like, that's a really common situation. If you're in your feminine and he's in his masculine and you don't emasculate him and you, and he knows that you're in the feminine, he will be, he will literally go down on you for three hours. He will finger you for three hours. He will you know, try and fuck you for three hours and he will try and get a heart on no matter how drunk he is, you know, for three hours. If that's what, if that's what you want, majority of men are going to do that. Um, you know, you just have to ask for it. You just have to ask for it. Like if I ask to be choked, every guy's like, he's, he's on it, right? He's on it. Um, and just a lot of women have shame around it rather than actually allowing themselves to receive that. And maybe this is triggering for some of you. Um, as well. And if it is really, really consider doing the sexual trauma work, because this stuff used to be so triggering for me because of my set, my past of sexual trauma, like the thought of someone choking me, even having their hands, even like the tiniest bit close to my neck or being too dominant was like a full fuck. No, like it was so trigger triggering. I would like punt out doing the fucking balls. And now I'm like the complete opposite. And that took me a little bit to get to, but you can get there. Right. And you don't have to get there if you don't want to. And the reason why so many women like this kind of sex is because you are so in your feminine and you get to receive fucking pleasure. And that is what we want, especially in a very masculine world, that subdom situ- subdom situation can be so nourishing to your body, like so fucking nourishing. Like when I've been well fucked, oh, I'm in a good fucking mood because it is just nourishing to my body. And there doesn't need to be any emotional attachment to it if you don't want there to be, right? Now, a lot of women can't do that and that's totally fine. And if you're one of those women that can do it, like, that's also great. Um, anyway, we're going totally off topic, but I'm just rambling. Someone needs to hear this. So that's the most important thing. Um, okay. So the next thing is, um, okay. So, um, Billy and Brad, which is their ex-boyfriend, the Aussie, they have a trauma bond. If you haven't listened to my episode about trauma bonding, you need to listen to my episode about trauma bonding. I don't know what episode it is, but I'll get, um, Sarah to link it below. That episode talks all about trauma bonding because they have a trauma bond, like one million trillion percent. And you'll understand it more as you watch it or as we go through these episodes together. Her and Connor, Billy and Connor, have a secure relationship. So if you notice, she talks about the rush with Brad and 
Cooper feels like home. That's the difference between a trauma bond and then like a secure, like soul made, quote unquote, relationship, right? One feels like home. One feels like a rush. You want to be in a relationship that feels like home. A relationship is up, ups, downs, push, pull, fights, no fights, pleasure, pain. That's not healthy whatsoever. A relationship that can almost feel boring sometimes or like easy, quote unquote, that's the relationship that is healthy for you. Okay. When it comes to Cooper, the husband, he is very, very threatened. His masculinity is threatened when he reads and sees these um, journal article things. And when he sees the pleasure that she gets off the like quote unquote angry fucking, um, or just like the sub dom, he feels threatened. Of course, because he will feel like for the past, how many years they've been together, he hasn't been giving her what she wants. And so therefore he's a failure of a man, right? And this is why it's so important that you communicate to men what you want. Because when I communicate to a man, I want this. And then they give it to me and I text them the next day being like, Hey, thanks for doing X, Y, and Z. They're like, my fucking pleasure, right? Or I'm like, thanks for pleasing me. And like, you're welcome, right? They want us to be pleased. So if he thinks he's been pleasing her for the last four years and then he reads this, he's like, oh my God, I am the worst man. I haven't pleased her for the last four years. This man is better than I am. So his masculinity has been completely stripped from him which is then why he is trying to make up, uh, sorry, which is why he's then trying to create all these situations for her to get off and feel dominated by him so that he can feel like enough of a man. Now, I know some of you said that you were triggered by the angry sex on the kitchen countertop, and I can understand why you're triggered by that, but if you're triggered by that, that's work that you definitely need to do some work around. Um, because yes, I was watching it and I was like, like it's angry sex, like not the best. Like it wasn't like a sexy sub dom situation. It was like a, it was like a, I'm angry at you. Um, and just like an anger and maybe even that Cooper wasn't angry at Billy, but like he was just angry and it was like, he was pushing her anger into her and that's not fucking ideal. Like I would be like, "Mm, no mate, if I was her, if that was Billy, um, but so, and at the same time, um, that was just a classic subdom situation, right? So if, if that kind of stuff triggers you, that is some work that you want to do around the feminine and the masculine and letting men lead and you feeling safe to surrender, um, and be able to speak your boundaries. Cause as I've said a million times before, when you can share your boundaries and speak your truth, you're not afraid of letting men lead. Cause you would just say no. And then you would say no again and again, if you needed to. Um, but you wouldn't be afraid to draw a boundary because you can speak your truth. If you can't speak your truth and you can't draw boundaries well, you're not going to be able to be in your feminine because you'll be afraid of being hurt. You'll be afraid of being over-dominated. Does that make sense? So like when it comes to subdom sex, the only reason why you can have really subdom sex is because you'll be like, stop, right? So like even like if I'm being choked, for example, and I like can't fucking breathe, I'll be like, dude, loosen it, right? And he'll loosen it. But for some women, if they were afraid of speaking their desire, right, or speaking up, they wouldn't say that and then they'd be fucking choking or something. You know what I mean? Like, like, and not in a sexy way choking, like actually can't breathe or they would feel maybe really traumatized by it. Or if he was slapping her too hard or whatever, then, and if they don't speak up, then you can see very easily 
how they could feel like, you know, he abused me last night when he's like, but you didn't say anything. And this is where so much confusion can happen, you know, for men and women and not saying in every situation, I'm saying in some situations where the man is like, but she didn't say anything. And in my, um, even in my, um, what's it called? My survey that I'm doing with men, one of the things that's been written down like, you know, a couple times is, you know, years into the relationship when we get in a big fight, my partner would, my female partner would like bring up these times when she was like, well, I didn't want to have sex then. And when she says that to me, it kills me. This is men writing this. It kills me because she never said that. And if she said to me when we were having sex, that she didn't want to, I would have stopped. And the fact that she never said that, and now I know she didn't want to have sex in those instances, like that killed me because the majority of men, good men, which is 90% of them, never ever want to make us feel like we are not fucking safe. I mean, it was exhibit A on Thursday night at my party. Every single man in the room was making sure every other woman had a drink. When I was dancing on the sofa, men were like grabbing me because I kept fucking falling off because it's really hard to stand on the edge of the sofa and dance. Like every man was making sure I had a drink in hand. Monica, what can I do? Can I do this? Can I just put me to work? What can I do? Like every single man in that room. Now, obviously I attract in good men, but what I'm saying is 90% of men, not all of them. I've also met some fucking CUNTs, right? Not all of them, but I've also met some CUNT women, but but the majority of men have our best interests at heart. So you want to make sure that you can receive them if that is something that you would like to be able to work on. Okay. That was a fucking tangent, which we love. Next thing. Um, Okay. In the library, this was an episode two where she gave her speech or like whatever she was teaching about, about monogamy. And then he came in, he fully manipulated her in this scene. And if you don't, if you didn't see this, I would go back and watch it because this is really important because you may not have picked up the manipulation, right? You may have picked up like, oh, but it was sexy. No, this was manipulation, right? Um, And like, it could be sexy in some instances if they were together for four, five, six months. And then he was like, you want to say yes. I know you want to say yes because he knows her really well, but he doesn't know her really well. And she then gave into it because she wasn't strong enough to actually listen to her own desires. So basically in the library, he fully manipulated her with this whole, you want to say yes, by playing on the fact that she was able to see right through him, right? So he was pulling this whole, no one else can do that. You're special crap, right? And it's this power play. So she thinks she's special and she falls for it, because she likely wants to be seen, feel loved, feel adored, X, Y, and Z. And so he manipulates her of like saying yes, saying yes, you want to say yes, I know you want to say yes. And when you say that over and over and over again with these, you know, smoldering eyes and this whole sexy vibe of no one else can do that, you're special kind of crap, that's manipulating someone. If someone's like, maybe I do want to say yes, when it's like, do you bitch? Like, do you want to say yes? Anyway, then we go to that train station scene, right? This is like, oh my God, manipulate. This actually killed me the watch. This was like some serious fucking manipulation because he gets onto the tr- the train tracks, right? He's on the train tracks and she, and he's then like, you got to like, just say, yes, come down, come down. You're not going to leave me down here alone. Like, blah, 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 like just full on manipulation. And what I want you guys to understand is that I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. I don't know what episode it was in. 
there is people pleasing and then there's man pleasing. So you can not be a people pleaser, but you could be a man pleaser. And majority of men are man pleasers unless they kind of don't, don't really like men, like they kind of hate men, they emasculate them a lot, or they have trust issues, or they're super fucking aware of it and they've done a lot of work on men. So a man pleaser is basically where your biology is, is wired to please men because you guys know this, our biology is like, I need men for protection, for safety, X, Y, and Z. Listen to my episodes about dating that I recently did and the difference between men and women dating if you need to understand that more. So we have a man-pleasing thing, right? I've got a man-pleasing thing that I have to be aware of. I'm not a people-pleaser, but I'll be a man-pleaser, right? I'll be a man-pleaser. So she was, you know, being a man-pleaser and got onto the train tracks, um, even though she didn't really want to. Then we have this huge adrenaline rush of the train coming And then he grabs her and she's safe with him. Oh, my hero. And this huge adrenaline rush. And then they kiss. So then there's a massive adrenaline rush, more than fucking normal. And then a massive rush of oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin. Now, this is a perfect case for an addiction. She's basically just taking a massive hit of ice. It would be the exact same thing. Ice and this situation, we pretty fucking similar, right? Anyone, me included, would get addicted to a man that did this to you. This is why it's so hard to get out of narcissistic situations because the addiction is not something that you are necessarily aware of or in control of because it's your chemical it's your, it's your chemistry in your brain that you cannot control. And this is why when women come to me after getting out of really toxic relationships, they, uh, you're like, Oh my God, I didn't know it was going to be so hard to get out of. Why am I struggling so much? Like I've left him. I shouldn't be like this. I should be happy. And I have to explain to them the chem, the chemistry of it all. And they're like, Oh my God, you explaining that to me has literally taken the biggest weight off my shoulders. And it's simply like understanding the shit is so important. Um, okay. Last thing I want to say, and then we're going to, and then we're going to go is, so that whole adrenaline rush gives her the start of her addiction to him. Okay. That's the start of the addiction to him. And then he's got control and he can further manipulate her. And she's so addicted that she will have absolutely no idea that he's manipulating her. And I also want to say he's probably a bit addicted to her by the sounds of things as well because of like fucking mummy issues and whatever because and because she sees right through him whether that's bullshit or true from his perspective we don't know. Let's say let's say let's let's be that let's be um let's assume that he's you know got a good heart. So let's say that he's actually being true you're the only woman that's ever been able to notice that about me and see right through me la la la. So he also feels like she is special right? And it's playing on this whole addiction thing of she's special. Oh my God, she can see me. And then all of these situations is further enhancing the addiction, right? But we also know further on, you guys will see if you haven't watched already, we also know further on that he's got really bad relationship patterns of self-sabotage and intimacy issues, which I'll talk about later. So um, then, then we go back to the husband. So the husband, of course, is fully addicted to her, to him reading um, Billy's journal because how can he not be? And for any of you being like, oh my God, I can't leave her, read her journal. Dude, how, like, how can he not read her journal? He is now sucked in because, you know, this is like his gateway of how to be a better man. And let's be real guys, right? We, as human beings, 
there are all these secrets and we want to know secrets. We want to know the stuff that we shouldn't know. It's like, it's like that fucking thing about like when the red button says, don't click the red button. We're like, well, what does a red button do? We're curious by nature. And again, trying to fight that curiosity is just stupid. Um, so, um, yeah, he wants to feel like the man. So of course he's going to keep looking in her journal. And honestly, I don't blame him for that whatsoever. He's hating that his wife is fantasizing about another man that is quote unquote better than him. So he wants to read about it to make sure that he can try and one up him and he can try and give her everything. So when you look at, um, Cooper's perspective, he's trying to give her everything, 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 everything. And of course it's not even about him. It's about everything. It's not about just the sex. It's about everything else. Right. Anyway, that is the first episode of the sex life miniseries. Um, let me have a sip of my martini vibe. Well, not alcoholic martini, martini. Anyway, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. Please let me know if you did, because it's actually a lot of effort to sit down and watch two hours of these episodes and analyze them. Um, I've already watched them once. It's not like I'm watching it the first time where it's kind of enjoyable. I've already watched it once. So I'm like, it's a bit boring, but I'm doing it because I'm like, this is actually, I think this is going to be a good little mini series. Something a little bit different, right? Rather than me just talking about more fucking random ass topics. So please, please, please tell me if you like this. Like, don't just like say it in your head and not, not text, like not message it to me. Like, can you please just open Instagram right now, get into my DMs. Hey, Monica, love the sex life. Keep it up or didn't love it whatever. Um, that'd be great. Okay. Queen Alchemy is open for the last time this year. You know what to do. You know, you want to be in it. You've probably been fucking thinking about it for like a million or one years. The social proof is all there. I mean, there is like thousands probably at this point. I say probably about 500 screenshots, I think. Um, something like that. Maybe, maybe like 300. How many can you fit in a highlight? I think you can fit a hundred in a highlight. We have two highlights that are full. So we have, we have minimum 200 screenshots of proof that this shit works. And they're not even like every win. They're just like some of the big ones. Um, so, you know, you want to join all the trauma stuff, the confidence, the boundaries, the people pleasing, the sex stuff, the sensuality, the feeling safe and being expressed, the femininity, letting your man lead the trauma stuff, everything, the nervous system expansion, like everything I talk about in terms of like trauma, body, blah, 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 the deep healing. Queen Alchemy is the deep healing stuff. Okay. So join that. We start in September. There's only a limited amount of spaces and there's already a shitload that have been taken before we even opened it. The next round will be sometime next year. We're only doing two rounds next year. So snooze you lose, get in for the last round of the year. It's going to be a fucking vibe, obviously, as it always is. Any questions, send us an email and I will talk to you later. Bye.